I was too late. All right. No, everybody say, I love the word. Because <clears throat> what, what we're handing out right now, we're going to do it one per family or per couple. This is called taking down giants. Is there not a cause? This is a church that should be living for the highest causes of the kingdom of God. I'll start naming them. Number one, that the son of God would be known and honored in all the earth. Could I have an amen on that first? We want to go after the son of God. You know, they tried to give me record contracts. Hey, boy, we're going to put your name up in lights. Like when I was 30 years old, we're giving you a record contract. If you know who Ron Cannoli is, all that you saw him do was offered to me two years before that. And I had a dream and the Lord said, don't do it. Oh, it killed me. I want to open a worship leading school right there. And nine months later, he said, the reason is the kids would have called you a sellout. You're here to minister to the next two. I'm 61 years old, proud of every day and every year. I got saved when I was 19. I was spirit-filled Easter night of 1974. As I said, dinosaurs were roaming the earth back then. It's all, so I've been leading worship this summer, June, 40 years Wow, I look back and it's like I was watching all the babies, the little girls, they're so cute up here dancing. But you know, it's time. Is there not a cause? Yes, there is. We're going to do the amazing story of David and Goliath, a short form. Give me about 20 minutes. How many people can endure 20? Let me see your hand. We can do 20, brother. Can All right. Somebody get me a music stand off the platform. That's all I need. The cause is to live for, number two, that all people would come to know Jesus, the saving grace of his great sacrifice. It was, it was for true freedom for all mankind. He whom the Son sets free is what? Say it out loud. Free. I couldn't hear you. Free. What did you say? Free. Number three, justice is not coming, justice is here. I'm living for justice. I've hated prejudice all my life. Anybody in this room hate and detest prejudice like I do? How many, listen, man, don't do that because somebody's got different color skin. Don't do it because they have less education or fine. Don't do it. Get, if you have prejudice, when you slip out of your body or the Lord comes back, you'll have to go to special school in heaven for a while. Well, it's not in the Bible, but it should be probably. <laughs> A short yellow bus will come pick you up. Everybody say justice. Listen, I am, I'm a seer and prophetic, and I hate injustice. I will do it. We have the seventh year of our prayer room. I'm from St. Louis Destiny Church. We have about 900 people, mostly under 28. It's a lot like this. I feel right at home here with Pastor Rick, with Mitch, the, you know, the worship team, Miss Amy and Daniel. I feel so at home. But something happened to us when we started praying. Justice came at a really high level. We were a white bread suburban church paying attention to nothing. Then all of a sudden, justice began to grip. I'm not talking about social gov government justice. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the government of God coming in the earth. Say it with me. Is there not a cause? Say it again. Is there not a cause? This is the amazing story in a little more detail. Everybody knows about David and Goliath. Let's think about it for a minute. Five smooth stones. Let's do the end of the story. Five. Why did he take, anybody know the answer theologically or biblically? Why did David take five smooth stones, which is probably out of the brook, by the way? Why? Goliath had what? Who said that back there? Who was a lady said that? What lady said it? Did you say that? You get a, is that Virginia again, Virginia? That's my buddy, Virginia in Virginia. What's up, girl? You get a free CD. 
He took five smooth stones. You snooze, you lose. How you doing, bro? What's up, bro? I know you're waiting for notes. I love you, though. You're a good-looking man for Jesus, bro. Are you over 39 now with me? This is a good-looking man. My secretary asked me a couple months ago when the Lord gave me this word, Kent, why did, why did David with Goliath take five smooth stones? I didn't have the answer. I was at my friend Kingsley Walker. What a name that is, man. He pastors a church in St. Charles County right outside of St. Louis. And he was up. I was talking to the band. I was giving them direction. He came up and gave the answer. I didn't even hear what he said. Goliath had four brothers. So David took five. He was in just in case. Shut up, man. Oh, that was so good right there. Did you guys get that? Oh, my God. He was smart, David. You're not catching. And he was out there, you know, the end of the story, he was taking cheese and, and, and roasted grain and bread down to his brothers in Saul's army. And he heard Goliath defying the army. He called it of the living God, not Saul's army. He said, who is this jerk of the world coming out, taunting we're going to see it. Here we go. You got your notes? Everybody ready? Anybody else need notes? We'll do a few more. If you, if anybody else need notes? Okay, we'll do like another 20 copies. Here we go. Part one, grasping the importance of the story of David and Goliath. Everybody say, taking down giants. Taking down giants. This is a church ordained of God to take down giants in your region, yes or no? Well, that wasn't very good. That was only like about 20 people. No, this church is ordained of God in strength and power, spirit of worship, and the prophetic that is on you. Remember, I'm a prophetic errand boy. I'm telling you who you are. I'm an outsider coming in to hold up the mirror to say you're much more powerful than you understand. Don't take this for granted. This cat right here, Miss Paula. Paula, thank you for praying. I know you probably do that quite often. They call you up to the front to pray. <laughs> but I loved your tears praying over the children. Do not take that. If, if I can find another pastoral couple out of my 35 weekends that I do, I'm home during the week, I'm at the prayer room, all my kids serve the Lord. You can find another couple like this, go find them. If you can find, out of my 30, if I run into three like this this year, everybody say, don't take it for granted. Don't take it for granted. Everybody, let's put your hands together for Paula and Pastor Rick. Let me say something. Don't, don't. Yeah, that's right, bro. We've got uh, six parts, real simple. The first is the trouble, there's war, and the enemy is Goliath. You're going to have war occasionally in your life, hopefully not all the time. We find the shalom of God in there, but everybody's got enemies. Don't, don't freak out. Don't go sit in the corner and suck your thumb. We're not quitting. We're not caving in. This is not a church that caves in, right? No, that's not a church. We, we know Jesus and we know worship. There's prophetic flow in your house. you got Wednesday night prayer. You're set. Well, the Philistines gathered, I'm on page one, for war against Saul and the men of Israel with their champion, Goliath. Now, go with me for a minute. Now, how many know the movie, The Princess Bride? I know every line of that when my kid, how many know? Inconceivable. <laughs> That movie, I don't quite like it much because I, I, they played it over and over. But, you know, it was, wasn't it Andre the Giant? He has that deep voice. I'm going to use that every time I get to Goliath. <laughs> Just think, it was a giant. He, he said he was seven to nine foot tall. Ooh, pretty big. It says that the champion, their champion, and we know Jesus as the dread champion, he's coming back as a lion, not as a lamb. Did you guys get the note on that? Okay, was, they had their champion Goliath, and the description of Goliath and his challenge as he defied and ridiculed the army of God. And the Philistines said, I defy.
All right. He said, I defy the ranks of Israel this day. Give me a man that we might fight together. And when Saul and all of Israel heard the words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. And here's the back story. We're in 1 Samuel 17. Three of Jesse's sons are part of Israel's army. He had eight sons, and David was the youngest. So Eliab and um, uh, his other two brothers were down there in the army. David is tending his father's sheep. A shepherd doing his father's will. Then Jesse said to David, his son, son, come here. I want you to take now for your brothers an ephod, a bushel basket of roasted grain, these 10 loaves of bread, and run to the camp of your brothers. Bring also these 10 cuts of cheese to the commander of their thousand, and look into the welfare of your brothers." And bring news back to me of what's going on in the front. So David, you're on an assignment from your heavenly father. This was his earthly father. Jesse, David's dad, said, he, how many have an assignment from the father to do something great next year for the, for the Lord Jesus? And yeah, we have an assignment. We're on an assignment. Remember, you'll have a few wars, a few battles come up. You're going to have some enemies. I, I don't care anymore. You know, older people, we don't care. We're just going to, we're going to keep trucking. We don't, we're so far out in the limb, if it gets cut off, it's Jesus anyway that saves us. We, we actually, people over 40 and 50 actually know stuff. Okay, that was good. That was, Tammy's laughing at me. I get it. So David, go, now part three, he's on a mission. You have a righteous assignment from your father, like David had a righteous assignment from Jesse, his dad. And he, David, was talking with them. As he was went down, so David, sent by his father, delivers food to the army, his assignment from his father. David, acutely aware of his surroundings, heard the threat of Goliath. As David was talking to his brothers and the army, behold, again, the champion, the Philistine from Gath named Goliath, was coming up from the army of the Philistines, and he spoke the same words of defiance and challenge. If you go back up, I defy the ranks of Israel this day. He said, send me a man, because if I beat your man, you're going to be our slaves. Wow, those are fighting words. And if you defeat me, we'll become your servants and your slaves. That was the thing that was going on. And you're in a good place, because this is a good time to become a hero for the Lord. You can be a hero just by doing, just obedience to the will of God in your life. It's not heroes like we, you know, all the Marvel comic books and Captain America and all this stuff. I mean, all these movies, they're all fantasies, but we can really be a hero every day. When I was watching that video, I didn't know that was James. He was my, is James here today? James has gray hair now, man. He's a good looking man. He was my narrator. I couldn't believe it. They were telling me, was that Amy at the end? The angel came to give him a kiss. That was awesome. Wasn't it cool? See, we're on a mission of our Father. Is there not a cause? Are you living for the highest causes of the Lord? You've got to figure it out now because you're ordained of God to take down giants in your region. Virginia Tech, oh my God, how many kids are there when school's in? We got it right there. 30,000. It's like Mizzou. I think there's in, in Columbia, in, in Missouri, there's like 30, 40, 50,000. I mean, you, you gotta, we're going to take down giants so that people's eyes, a reading of the Great Awakening, bro, awake, oh, sleeper bin this morning is so powerful because you're ordained of God. I'm, I'm going to keep saying it all through the message to take down giants in your region, but you got to live for a cause. The comfort and ease of the American church it is so heavy, it's made us lethargic. Now, dwelling place in, is so unique amongst churches that I know. I mean, you guys, who does two-hour services? Everybody became seeker-sensitive. 
everybody said we're not talking about the Holy Spirit anymore in case it scares unbelievers. That's what they're looking for. Beyond their RV and their lake home, unbelievers are looking for the real thing. Young or old, they're saying, you got anything authentic or are you guys just a bunch of stuffed you know, turkeys at, at your church? They're looking for what's real. I mean, this music, who would not like that kind of music and singing? I mean, that's real. You, you can pay $100 to go see Coldplay and be on the front row in the mosh pit, but they're looking for something. And this is an authentic church, yes or no? Look at you people. You're huggable. You're like gentle Ben. People want to come here, and you just hug it, and love floods over them because you're, you're all so different. You're so unique. I mean, it's not like a sterilized church. Well, we're going to pray about revival. We want some new people to come in, and we want to. No, you don't because God sends lost people. Stinky is coming to your church. God's going to send stinky people every so often to check out where we're living and who we are. And there's churches that they got it all in order, Bo. They got it all. And they sterilize themselves. And if you're sterile, you'll never have babies. Wow. And then they pray about revival. Oh, we want the law. And so Pierce Body Parts had two kids, Harley Davidson guys, the wallet with the chain. They show up and you stare them right back out of church because they don't look like you. They don't smell like you. Sinners ain't going to smell like How many of you were sinners and doing a good job at it before you got saved? Let me see. Wow. That was probably a little bit too much. But I'm going I'm just calling her sanctified, okay? <laughs> no, I want that war hoop in the church. I want it all day long. Girl. You and me, we'll give out the scream of the Lord. We'll, we'll set them straight right there. Uh, where am I at? I lost my place. <laughs> I know, I know, I, I know. <laughs> Thank God for the sheet, bro. I know where I'm at on the sheet. I lo- what is your first name? April, of course you are. You're not summer or autumn, you're April because the flowers are, you get a free CD as well. You guys, are you getting it? If you pay attention and you do fun stuff at church, you get a free CD. Okay. Oh my God, April. One more time, screaming out. Yeah. I like, I was a voiceover. Okay, never mind. You're ordained of God. The message, the amazing story of David and Goliath. First of all, David's my boy. I love him. I was raised Catholic till I was 12 or 13. Then I was a street kid. I had a band when I was 13. I was smoking, drinking time. I'm 15. Started into drugs when I'm 17, 18, 19. And Jesus saved my life. But out of that Catholic background, man, I, I, you know, I never studied the word, so I loved the word of God. And I was, David is my hero. And then I found out about Bathsheba, and I was mad at him for 30 days. I said, <laughs> what were you thinking, boy? You're at the wrong place at the wrong time. <clears throat> Bathsheba was a fox, but you should have never been on the roof at that moment. You should have been out with your army. But then I got it right because he was called, restored, and called a man after God's own heart. That gives place for when people stumble or fall because we got love and mercy, right? We got love and mercy. Sinners saved, it's all the same. Here we go. We're at the bottom of one. You're in a good place to become a hero. Then David spoke to the men who stood by him in Saul's army. I'm at the bottom of page one. I haven't turned the page yet. What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of God? You know, many commentators say he was coming out for 40 days. He came out every day for 40 days defying. Well, I think some people were chickening out. Now, I don't know if I would have been like David. It's unknown because I wasn't there. But here comes this little... 
youngest of eight boys. Now, I got to tell you, I don't, I think David was ripped to shreds. I think he had an eight pack or a six pack. I think he had muscles. Like people make Jesus effeminate. He was a carpenter's son for God's sake. Think about it. He was carrying timber stuff around. You know, they make him out to be, you know, really strong. I don't think so. But David, you're going to see him. He killed a lion. I don't care. It was a couple. Getting one, after one of his dad, he killed it with his own hands. And then a bear. I said, bro, you are the man. <laughs> I mean, he, he didn't have a spirit of fear. Let's put it that way. Because when the nine-foot giant, the champion of Gath, comes out, nobody else, David's three brothers, nobody else stepped up and said, hey, what's going to, is there any kind of reward on this thing, by the way? He said, I'm tired of this. Un- Go to the top of page two. The accuser of the brethren, hang with me. How many are getting something out of it? Wave at me if you're still here. We're getting, we're getting the message. Taking down giants, you're ordained of God. Is there not a cause? You can almost always count on being falsely accused when you're on your mission, the mission of your father. Older believers know this now. You're not touching us. Water off a duck's back. You know, somebody's going to spirit oppression. People are going to speak against you. I don't care. I'm on the mission of my father. And I'm not, you're not, I'm not standing before you when I'm judged at the end of my life or in the eternal city. I'm going to be there by myself. And the Lord's going to say, well done, thou good and faithful. That's what I'm living for, Rick. I want to hear, could you imagine ben, the Lamb of God saying, Kent, Ben, well done. I mean, I wouldn't work this hard for any man. I wouldn't travel like this. 30 years of travel, forget it. Planes, on and off, hotel room. Eh. I have had people thank me for being away from my family, and I get it. They, they don't think I'm hearing it, but I, I totally get it. I did raise my kids in the ways of the Lord, like I said, up to Friday through Sunday. Normally, I'm back home. I, I went to hockey games and volleyball games when I met Hannah. Where's Hannah, my new friend? There she is. Robbie's powerful daughter. I met her at the airport. I said, are you smacking people at the volley? She's spiking it right in there. He goes, yeah, I do that. <laughs> it, huh? I did see her. I saw a baby girl. What were you, 10 years old or eight or something? When was that video done, bro? Let's just say she was younger. Okay. And hey, when the boys come around, remember, check with Uncle Ken. You watch those boys, right, girl? Right, Robbie? Where's her? Is her mom sitting here? No. Okay. Wherever she's at. All right. Go back to the top of page two. You can almost count on being falsely accused or tried out when you're on the mission of the Lord doing your heavenly father's will. I think we are getting better at not being caught off guard with that. Don't be easily offended. Somebody say amen. Amen. Because we are more mature and stronger in the Lord. Here's what he said. Now, Eliab is oldest brother. So David is calling out. I'm going to go out against this guy. He's saying, "I, I, I don't have a spirit of fear. But Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when David spoke to the men of Israel in the army, Eliab's anger was aroused against David. Okay, hold up. Eliab, who do you think you are, bro? Wait a minute. I don't care if you're the oldest boy or not. Why are you mad at David? David was actually sent by his father to the war front with the the, the 10 cuts of cheese, the roasted grain, and the bread. He was... Eliab's off base. Accuser of the brethren, it could be one of your relatives calling you out. Well, you weird. Why are you doing that? That's weird, spirit-filled, or whatever they say. Look, man, I'm living for the Lord. But Eliab, he, he was mad, and he was roused against David. Why did you come down here, you puny boy? That's probably what he was saying. Man. You know, it was in the tone of his voice. And with whom have you left our father, sheep in the wilderness? Wow. It's, here's one thing I really dislike. 
I hate the pointing of the finger and the accuser of the brethren. How many hate that, man? Look, don't judge people's heart prematurely. Go find out what's in their heart. Don't, like, bust them out and hit them in the chops and accuser of the brethren. I, I don't know how this works theologically, but it says the devil can still accuse us before heaven, but Jesus ever lives to do one thing now. Hebrews 7.25, he makes intercession. He's interceding for me right now while I'm preaching at your church. I dig that. I need an intercessor. How many need some intercession to do? Okay, he's on the job. He's on the job. Hebrews 7.25 for the reference on that. So why did you come down here, puny boy? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I now he goes a step further. It was one thing to do that sentence. I know your pride. You do not, Eliab. You don't even know what's in David. You didn't even ask your younger brother. I know your pride, boy. I know your insolence, the disrespect of your heart. For you've come down here just to see the battle. Well, his dad actually sent him down there, bro, if you would have got the memo. Your dad, your dad sent David down to check on you three and brought you provision. Say thank you. Oh my God. Don't be accusing. Accuser of the brethren, we pray against it. We break the spirit of that in Jesus' name because we're doing the mission of God. Don't back up the truck, you guys, when you get, you know, pointing of the finger. And David said, okay, everybody hold up. You got it? Here, here's what it is. Here's, here's the main point. What have I done now, Eli? He's probably looking him right in the eyes. Is there not a cause? This hammered me in September. My son-in-law wrote a song called Is There Not a Cause when he was 19. I recorded his first album. It's called No Compromise. And it's saying, I'm in the prayer. I keep hearing, the Lord, is there not a cause, Ken? Huh? Is there? And I had to go. I, I knew. I wasn't sure where it was at, so I went to studylight.org, and there it was, David in the midst before he goes out to Goliath, says, Eliab, bro, is there not a cause for the armies of God, the living God? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine coming against us who know better? And you guys are trained. Then what did they try to do? They try to put Saul's armor on David. Is that like, like committees of men? <laughs> David's probably got his own, I don't know, he might have been 5'8", five, 5'9", five, 5'10". Little Jewish boy tending his father's sheep, but he had some muscle. I mean, he could probably run a long distance. Don't put, don't try to put Saul's armor on David. They were all like being, trying to be smart in their own strength, in their own mind. He said, take this stuff off of me. We go to point number five or part five, staying anchored in the truth as you know it, but true to what, be true to what you know the truth is and say it out loud, especially speak the truth in the face of your opposition. Can I have an amen on that? Be true to what you know. It's coming up right now. You're going to see a bunch of relatives this Christmas that may not know the Lord. They're cigar smoking, beer drinking. You can't touch us with that stuff anymore. We're going to make you give thanks before dinner, and you're, you're going to get it. We're not afraid of you guys. I mean, how many have relatives away from the Lord or never known the Lord? Let me see your hand. Just, just keep praying. Break the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. Just break down their spirit. Lord, just open the door that they could know you. I know they're gnarly and snarly and they're stinky. But we're not giving up on you guys yet, right? Right, April? We're not giving up. All right. Then David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail. David said this out loud to Saul. Let no man's heart fail because of him, Goliath. Because your servant, Saul, I'm going to go and fight with the Philistine. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. <laughs> and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. <laughs> Man, if you say it out loud, you better back it up. You know what I'm saying right there? He's like coming out. The whole army's listening. 
David, you were something. I've killed both the lion and the bear with my hand. So what is this guy going to be seeing he is defiled? This is, this is heavy duty. He, he's defiled the armies of the living God. Stop for a minute. What were these guys in their armor? Maybe they had their bows. They their, had their shields. They had, they had uh, um, ja- javelins and stuff. What were they thinking when little boy David? Part six. Here we go. The story is not over your head or your heart about faith and courage. It's such a powerful account of what David did, and now he reacted. You too are able to do great exploits in Christ. I need to hear it. I'll say it again. You're able, you too are able to do great exploits in Christ. Yes or no? Yes, we can. Live for the cause. Is there not a cause? Right now, going into the new year, what kind of cause would you want to live for? We pray against human sex trade trafficking every week in our prayer room. We pray pro-life against abortion. I'm against it on every level. Are you living for any kind of cause, or are you just taking up time and space? What is the highest? Maybe you need to go to some mission, mercy-oriented, missions-based whatever, and just start giving $5 a month. I don't, you may not have a lot of money, but I'm saying I'm asking you, in light of the Scripture, pray. You're going to tuck this in your Bible. It's on the front and back, right? And you're going to pray over the next two weeks and go, God, I'm going to live for a cause, bro. Can Henry call me out? Yes, I did. I called you because there's a, I'm going to live for the highest causes. You know what I'm going to do? I'm trying to figure out. i got a couple organizations. I'm actually going to go rescue little boys and girls either in Thailand or Pakistan. Listen, I'm hardcore. My dad, he just passed in February. He was 6'3", 225. He was a John Wayner. I was raised by a man, not a boy. Now, I had to get rid of some of that stuff when I first got married. If you, you're listening. That didn't work out so good with my wife. I mean, but I know the fruits of the Spirit. You're probably not ready to do that. We had this really cute little girl. She's 19, homeschooled. She came to me and said, Ken, I'm going on that mission trip where they're going to rescue the girl. I said, oh, oh, no, you're not. They will capture you and use you as a prostitute. You're not going. I'm going to talk to your mom. She, oh, I said, but listen to me. I'm going to let you give you a year to study it out, and then you're going to go with the secure group. See, I'm older. I know stuff. And, and she got it. She wasn't mad at me, but I said, you, you're white-skinned. They'll, they'll be selling you day and night. So is there not a cause? Somebody say, yes, there is a cause. Or any of you this year, did you live for anything higher than your own needs or your household or even your church? How many have a cause right now you either give to or you use time and energy? Let me see your hands if you're living for a cause. Danielle, what's, what is yours? What is your cause? Well, you're doing the children, first of all. Yeah. Okay. Voice of the Martyrs in Oklahoma. What a group. Tulio? Feeding the hungry. So see, this is a church. You're a justice church as well. Worship prophetic justice. It's all together. Let's hear the end of the story. It's almost time to go. It says, then he took his staff in his hand. Now, he could have left that. But your rod and your staff comfort me. Jesus was the great shepherd. It's a shepherd boy. He took it. I don't know why. He said, I'm taking my staff. And he chose for himself, let's read it out loud, five smooth stones from the brook. Say it again. Five smooth stones. If you're going to go up to war, make sure you get stones in your bag. I'm not going unequipped. I'm going after it. And then he put them in his, I love it. They said, it's a shepherd's bag. Well, thank you, because it's a shepherd's heart. In a pouch, which he had, he had a sling in his hand. And as he drew near to the Philistine, get ready to laugh out loud. This is like so powerful to me. 
And because uh, as I begin to read this, there's no curse that can stay on you. There's no opposition that can last forever. Can I have an amen? There's no curse that can stay on you. So the Philistine said to David, am I a dog? <laughs> am I a dog, you scrawny boy, that you come to me with sticks in your hand? He's calling a sling, sticks. And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Ooh, that was a mistake right there, bro. Probably shouldn't have done that. You cursed David? I'm going to tell you a story because you'll never forget it. When I first started, I was 20 years old. I started leading worship in June of 74. And then we had a youth group that grew to about 1,500 kids every Saturday night, pre-service prayer, 6 to 7, 7 to 10, the youth meeting. And so I became the worship leader of the youth group. And, dude, I'm all about it. I mean, we're, like, slamming stuff out. It's all good. You got a three-hour meeting back in the day. People hungry. They just keep going, go to Denny's till 1 in the morning, then come back to church. You know what I'm saying? It was awesome. And I, as I was a year and a half into so I'm only 21 at most 22, I'm leading worship on Saturday night, we're banging the walls, peeling paint up the back walls, awesome, the band, and there's three girls came in kind of late, and they sat uh, up the right of the platform, like right here in these chairs, and they started goofing off, man, I did not appreciate that, man, we had the anointing flowing, the rivers flowing, and finally, they kept doing it, I stepped out of my mic with an earshot, and I said, hey, knock it off, wow, they like, what, I said, if you want to do that, go sit in the back. I was for real. It was like righteous indignation. I wasn't like totally ticked off at it, but I'm going, hey, stop. You're, you're, other people were being distracted. Well, they, they finally, they didn't move. <laughs> they were so shocked. And then they finally went to the back, but they went right out the door. And I said, whatever. They'll be, because we're, we're getting ready to pray for people. It was like really serious. So they were three young white witches that went home and got all their sand out and got in one of the girls' bedrooms and put a pentagram out, and they tried to curse me. And once they got it all set up, they had their incense burning. They couldn't talk once they started to try to curse me. I said, that's what you get right there. No, I, I, the reason I know it is the, what, the, out of the three, one girl never came back. The other two came back and met the Lord. They got saved. That's how I know the story. They can't curse us. I mean, he was cursing him by the name of, of his gods. Go to the bottom of the page. It says, a Philistine came to David, come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. I come to you, David said, in the name of the Lord of hosts. You're not going to like it, for he is the God of angel armies. And David said, back to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you. In the name of the Lord of hosts, that's our motto, where it's our mode of operation. I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you've defiled and defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, big boy, and I will strike you and take your head from you. <laughs> Woo! Tell us how you really feel, David. Wow. I'm taking your head from you, buster, and this day I will give your carcass in the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth. He said, here's the reason that all the earth may know that there is a God of the whole earth and he's alive. Is there not a cause, Tulio? Is there not a, is there is a cause? I believe being here at the end of the year with you guys, it's Mark in 2015. And here's what happened. Then all the assemblies shall know the Lord does not save. He doesn't save with the sword or spear. For the battle is the Lord's. Say it with me. For the battle is the Lord's. Some of you are going through hard stuff right now. Say it again. For the battle is the Lord's. 
you're not an orphan. You're not alone. You're never alone. He's there with you. Say yes. yes. For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. That... <laughs> Let's do it slow. Then David, then David. put his hand, put his hand. In, his bag, in his bag, and he took out a stone, out a stone. and he slung it, <laughs> and, he slung it. <laughs> and struck the Philistine in his big fat forehead <laughs> so that the stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the earth. Face to the earth. We're done for the moment, but let's, let's rewind the videotape and think about it. Is there not a cause taking down giants? This church is ordained of God. There's some church, I could not release this word, there's there, no way. I see a lot of weak worship teams, Tammy, on Sunday morning because they don't worship during the week. They're not in the Word. They don't pray during the week. And I go, how do you guys expect to pull off a 10 o'clock church service this week? I mean, you, you don't, you're, you're not even spiritual warfare. You can't even get close to that. So you guys, one by one, not all in a hurry, over time are going to be taking down giants. Me and Amy signed up. We're going the distance. Now, we're doing prayer and worship and intercession until the cows come home, whenever that is, or Jesus comes back again. Miss Danielle, all the worship team members, I so appreciate them. Bro, we're taking down giants. Is this your wife? What's her name? What? How long have you been married? Oh, she went 17. <laughs> she loves you, bro. That was good right there. How many children do you have? You have three children. It's awesome. What a run, huh? Are you blessed above all your fellows? Oh, oh my God, bro. What do you do full time? A state forum agent, an insurance guy? Dude, your family, you're going to take down giants. It's not, I mean, I'm telling you, in prayer, worship, intercession, just think about what we taught. Of. How many love that song, You Make Me Brave? That's just the chorus. That's not oceans. That's from another song. But you guys singing that, I went, look, they, they believe it. They actually, this is a church where I did, you make me bright. And they go, yeah, right now. It's actually happening. So in Jesus' name, I want you to bow your heads, close your eyes. We're going to pray. It's 12 o'clock or 5 till, time to go. Father, I want you now to come to the keyboard and just start playing for me. Mm. The church and Christians burn. Oh, the dwelling place a church that's ordained of heaven to take down giants in this region, the Appalachian Mountains, this beautiful place. Staying at Rick's house, that little stony creek, Lord, it runs right out of the mountain. Mm. We rest for a minute and thank you as we receive the call, is there not a cause? Is there not? A yes, Lord, there is a cause the giants that are defying the armies of the living God today on the earth. Justice is going to be released, Lord. Human sex trade trafficking is not going to go on forever. Evil will not go on forever. You're coming back again, Jesus. Let that resonate in our spirit this holiday season. You're coming back again, Lord, and my heart will be so fulfilled, Lord, because I hate injustice. Don't treat people bad. 
Don't be mean-spirited. Don't be condescending. Don't be prejudicial. Your love and your mercy reigns at the dwelling place, Lord. So we pray this scripture, 1 Samuel 17, the light of heaven would come in our hearts. Now the next two weeks, God, as we, we have a copy for our Bible to pray through it and to read through it. We're like David, look at Eliab. David, what have I done now? Is there not a cause? Yeah, there's a cause. So taking down giants, living for the highest causes in the earth, I release the blessing that remains right now, Lord, for the, the dwelling place, the, the blessing that remains, something made of steel in the spirit realm, Lord, that's resident in our heart as we, we're going to do the journey in 2015 at the adventure. Saddle up your horses, we got a trail to blaze. Thank you, Lord. Stephen Curtis Chapman, years ago, saddle up your horses. The new part of the journey begins now, Lord. The new adventure is on us now. Blessing rain. Blessing rain. Blessing rain. I want you to say in Jesus' name, amen.